Reclaimed Audio, upcycling and making with reclaimed materials. Welcome to Reclaimed Audio. This is your host, Izzy Swan, and with me as always is... Oh, I'm Phil Pinsky. And I'm Tim Sway. Is there anybody else here? No, don't worry about me. I'll back there. <laughs> Guys, alarm bells, turn them off. Bill Lutz is still with us. <laughs> but we are very fortunate to have a, a special guest with us today, Mr. Izzy Swan. Thank you, Izzy, for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's a real pleasure. Oh, man, so excited to be speaking to you, Izzy. I'm a longtime fan, and it's really cool to have you on the show. So what What was a, a swan again? <laughs> It's it's a big white bird that likes to kick um lutzes. <laughs> <laughs> so just 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 to throw it out there because you know I like to do this. Um, somewhere on Facebook today, comments were made, and Mr. Swan says something like, "Bill, you better watch out because your wife likes me. When I show up, she'll let me in." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we booked him there on the spot. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, it's always safe when you're, I, I don't know what, 2,400 miles away. So. Fair enough. Doesn't mean I, I'm uh, not looking over my shoulder, but yeah, anyway. Anyway, anyway, I'm really excited. I want to apologize that we missed a week last week. Um, I was traveling, Tim was traveling, and then I was traveling again, so we're finally able to corral everybody together and get another episode going. Um, and we're really, really excited about this one. We're, we're going to have Izzy on tonight, and we've got an incredible, incredible topic. And even more exciting um, news is, you know, I want to announce that we have five of our top Patreon supporters now. So it's really, really exciting time for, for Reclaimed Audio. So I'll just name them real quick, and then we'll dive right into our, uh, you know, next segment. So as always, we've got Luis Gonzalez, Stu Morrison, the godfather Jimmy DeResta, Izzy Swan, thank you, and... Uh, Trust in Timber, who's, who's actually a, also a, a YouTuber who I've just recently started watching, and this guy's uh, really, really amazing. Throw that out there just for the hell of it. Uh, Trust in Timber, his first video was, oh, my God. Wow, the guy's, guy's going to be huge. He's only got one video, and uh, I had to share it everywhere because it was so amazing. If, if you guys haven't seen it, go look it up. I know we're supposed to do that at some other point in the podcast. but No, it's all right. Yeah, we're watching. Now I feel like I'm missing out. Can I can I step out for a minute to go watch that? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I don't yeah, mind. Oh wait, yeah. <laughs> absolutely should. He, he 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 messages me and says, "Hey, I made my first video. You guys really inspire me. You know, check it out." And so I'm expecting some like you know he's gonna like cut a soda can in half or something. You know, and it was just this ridiculously awesome video. I was like, "What? This is not your first video." Yeah. I mean, everything about it is great. So it's totally totally check out his channel. He's um he's the next star. Yeah, he's awesome. cool. And I also like to point out real quick that Phil was out doing his thing and Tim was out, and I at least was here and I had a hangout and for our Patreon fans to try and keep them involved, you know, so we don't lose all these, you know, viewers or listeners. And you're welcome, both of you. No, oh, thanks for holding <laughs> down to the fort, brother. Really appreciate it. Okay. <laughs> the, humil the humility in here is so thick you can cut it with a spoon. <laughs> So I, I can come back next week, right? Uh, <laughs> well, we'll talk to Izzy about that, and we'll get back to you. Yeah, he's really kind of a voting member now. <laughs> what uh, What are we working on? Tim, what are you working on? <clears throat> well, I, I, uh, I made a few cacti. I don't know if anybody saw any of that. <laughs> I saw that on Instagram. That was sort of the one thing that was uh, allowed behind the, the Chinese firewall. It was really touch and go, being able to be in touch with anything North America. Facebook, you can't yeah. do... Instagram is a tough one also. YouTube, forget about it. So it was really hard to be in touch with anyone or anything for two weeks. But wow, uh, no YouTube either. at the hotel I could use. You were mm. you were in China. I was in I went to was in Germany for three days, then flew to China for ten days, got back for two days in the office, and then I was in Toronto for the last four days. Are you in so, manufacturing professionally? Uh, I yeah, well, I'm, I'm, one of my tasks is production management, so I manage about 25 factories over China and India. Okay. Well, well wow. Mm. I did not know that. Yeah. He's kind yeah. of a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. wow. Well, <laughs> so I do that and I do marketing, so those are the two halves of my jobs. I feel like I should be on my knees, you know, 
bowing or something. Oh, get out of here. Okay, next. Who's working on something? Bill, what are you working on? Well, before we finish up with Tim, I did watch Tim's video, and as much as I'd like to give him a hard time, bravo. Dude, it was awesome. It was awesome. It was wild. It was absolutely phenomenal, man. Oh, you watched it too? Oh, heck yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I was trying to, to push the envelope a little bit, and, and like you know, I mean, I think Izzy, I think you and I are similar in a lot of ways that we're both always trying to push envelopes, but you're just pushing envelopes in a, in a more intelligent way than I am. <laughs> I wouldn't say that at all. I would say that it's just a different way, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just a different yeah. way. How how long? I gotta know how much time do you have wrapped up into those? It's gotta it, you've got to have some time into those. That that was a a lot of cacti. Um, well, that's, you know, it's funny because that was a, a big part of, uh, you know, I, I put up a video about some of the steps. I mean, the, one of the reasons I take jobs like that is because I am a little bit of an efficiency nut. And so I like to, like, really hone in my skills and, like, well, what's the best possible way I can do this multiple times? Not that I ever want to do it again, but, mm-hmm. and so it, cause it helps me then apply it to other things to make up, to make my shot more efficient, the layout of the tools, everything about that. So mm-hmm. things like that really put you to the test. And, um, and yeah, no, I have a lot of time to, but what happened is, like, like after I had all the parts cut, for instance, I, I can give you definite times in this. The first cactus I put together, you know, when I was bending the sheet metal around, tacking it, and figuring out the best way to cut the metal, and it took me like forty-five minutes. Yeah. The last one took me ten minutes. That's awesome. You guys know. So, not- well, and it was like the last, the last fifteen of them took me ten minutes. You know. That's right. Great. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's um that's one of those things that I think people undervalue or underestimate, especially small companies. And that you guys may not know this about what I, some of the other things I do. I also do consulting um, um for small company small companies, fifty employees or less usually, um for production you know production not management but um just to get them producing as fast as they can, kind of remove some of the waste that they're doing, that, that, that they're creating, you know, either in movement or in extra steps or whatever. That's another one of the things that I do from time to time. Sure. That's product mm. line engineering. Yeah. Uh, if, that's, if, if that's what we want to call it. Yeah, put <laughs> okay. that on your business card. That's the official title for someone who, who increases product line efficiency. You know what? You know what? My, you know what's on my business card? It says um, Imaginator. That's my official title, Imaginator. Yeah. I love that. Awesome title. Uh, okay, I'm I'm gonna abstain because uh, China wouldn't let me watch any videos. Uh, um, so, excuse uh, me. Excuse me. I was praising him. I didn't actually say what I was working on. So uh, I, sorry. Oh, Bill, you're still here. I'm sorry. Dude, <laughs> I'm telling you, it hurts, guys. It hurts right here. Well, it's just strange being in a room with Bill and he's so quiet for so long. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, I'm working on two projects that happened. One of them my wife is forcing me to. Uh, Izzy might talk about it, but he's having a, a contest thing, so I'm going to try and get involved and do something with that. And also, um, uh, what the heck's that guy's name? Young guys, an artist in New York, uh, Keith uh, something. Decent, that's what it was. Yeah, Keith Decent is having an <laughs> upcycled uh, contest as well to make a project. And um I wasn't going to do that, but I heard this other artist is actually donating the grand prize, which is a, um, it's like a screwdriver made out of screws or something. Like <laughs> it's on my list, buddy. It's on my list. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Well, that's actually what I'm going to make, so. <laughs> Perfect. Fill in everybody who might not be in on the uh, inside joke as to what it actually is. Oh, yeah. So uh, Mr. Sway actually at one time made uh, an art piece for uh, an event that I think he went to, something like that. I don't really care. The project was cool. And he made an actual hammer that works out of nails. Do you it over my shoulder? I do. Yeah, it's hanging up in the in the room with me. Yeah, I, I always thought you had a chip on your shoulder, but you apparently have a hammer on your I shoulder. I have a hammer on my Bill, shoulder. I, Bill, I want to point out that he made that out of nails that he's pulled out of materials. I mean, they were all old, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, nails. So yes, out of the big yeah. jar of nails that he saves from every pallet he pulls apart. Well, you know, we could put a we could put a link to the video in the notes too, because you can see, and you know, and I made it like because I thought it'd be funny, and uh, and I and like I was like, okay, for the end of the video, I'm gonna bang a nail in with it, and then the damn thing worked so well, I ended up making the whole wooden background that it's mounted to out of it. I couldn't believe it; it, it would held up, and I kept figuring, every nail I hit, I was like, well, and I left the camera running the whole time. It shows every nail into that frame was put in with that hammer, and, no, uh, and I, I just couldn't believe it. What we could do too, Phil, is uh, leave this in and show everybody how Tim doesn't have a problem and he's uh, not shy at all. Okay. Promoting himself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, another. I'm working on another folding project. It's. I'm. I'm pretty excited about this one. So it's. Um, it's a. I, I, it's. I don't even know how to describe it. It's got a really interesting hinge system on it. So this, you get one side that folds, and then the same position that was hinged when it's flat, you can fold it another direction. Oh, Basically, I saw the Instagram video. It looks really, really cool. The barrel yeah. hinges, right? Yeah, of sorts. It's um, it's basically a small bench that'll turn into a sofa table that'll turn into a full-size dining table and then fold what? back up into a small bench again. That is, the bench itself is 38 inches, 20 inches deep, 30 inches wide, 18 inches tall, and when it's unfolded, it's the same size as a standard-sized dining table. Hmm. Is that all? And no one then, can uh, see this, but all of our jaws are on the floor right now. <laughs> and then when, uh, when if you just let's say you need a buffet for something to serve food, it also folds in half, and then you can use it like a buffet as well. So now, that's, when, when these hinges are out flat, I mean, is there there's stability to them? It's not like they're not so they lay flat. No, I well, here's the thing, and this is what I would call a discovery build, and I'm I'm. Uh, well known for this kind of behavior. Yeah. If I have an idea, I will go through and just more or less hammer something together. I mean, it really is just that. I'm not using you know fancy joinery techniques. I'm just I'm basically I basically cut this thing out with a jigsaw, and um, you know I'm just trying it out to find out where some of the weak points are. And I already know that there's going to be some creative bracing that's going to need to take place in order for this thing to be stable. But um, it's enough. I'm far enough along with the build that I can say, designed properly and built properly, this it would be perfectly stable to be used as a dining room table. So proof of concept so, would be success. Yeah, yeah. I'm already. I'm at the point now where I'm far enough along in the build. I'll have it finished, and the video should be up tomorrow night. Where I, I'm confident that this thing could be built plenty stable for you know the the purposes of what I had originally intended it for. So I'm pretty happy tonight. I'm feeling pretty good about myself. <laughs> So, cool. Izzy, as you continue to learn, um, is do you have any hopes for growing your channel and actually trying to make a living out of this and becoming something someday? No, not really. You know, I'm I'm pretty happy with my my crazy little thing I got going on here. So <laughs> I just keep doing what I do and hope that people watch and maybe I'll grow a little bit more and you know it'd be nice, but. And if anybody wants to send hate mail, uh, it's Tim Sway at. Um... <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> Tim's our attorney. Um, yeah, that's. I look forward to that video. That sounds like it's going to be really, really cool. Yeah, and oh. it, this one of those things that you do that I dig too is that it, like what you call a discovery build. That's yeah, what... it's it's proof of concept. Is yeah, all. I, do, I... I do a lot of that. It's cool because it's you know it's like you're not you're not getting into the when I, when I watch one of your videos I'm not watching you plane something I know how to no. I'm watching you do something that I've never friggin seen before and that's what I really love about your channel is like almost every time I go on there it's something just new yeah it, it, I try I try to keep it that way I try to be as original as but it's not always possible because sometimes you just want to get ideas out about other projects that have already been done mm. you just want to share some of your own ideas about that project, I suppose. Mm. But, you know, like, um, you know, with, you know, I don't, I don't show a lot of, you know, sanding or screwing, and there's a lot of guys that do, but they do such a really good job with their video editing. They're, they're nuts, you know. I mean, like Jay Bates, he can make watching screwing a board entertaining. Yeah. And I, I don't have that skill set. I'm like, <laughs> I can't do it. I, I'm like, okay. That was really cool. I mean, he makes watching glue dry entertaining while he sits there and eats his chips or whatever. Yeah. Because there's three I, of them I, working at the same time. Yeah. Right, right. And, you know, <laughs> I just I don't have that skill set, so I kind of try to work around what I don't. I work I, around I it by resorting. What I can't do. So. <laughs> I work around it by resorting to song and dance, apparently. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Which you're, you know, pretty good at, I, I might add. So. <laughs> you you got to play the hand you're dealt sometimes, I guess. <laughs> So I was going to, can we do um, Tim's El Saguaro? Can that be our new intro to the? To the... <laughs> no. Send me a clip of it and it'll, it'll maybe, Izzy can talk over it. <laughs> Don't listen or watch that video. It won't leave your mind. You'll be okay. sick no, tomorrow. Actually, actually I... funny story about that. I haven't seen it, but Bill did text me and say, Don't watch it. It's going to leave something in your brain. 
<laughs> I've had so but many people. Watch it, I've had so many people post comments under that video. It's like now that song is stuck in my head. I'm like, yep, welcome to my world. That's yeah. <laughs> it's gonna happen. Yeah, it's like ear herpes. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> so uh, topic. Let's do that. Yes. Paying your dues. Okay, so I thought this one was interesting, especially since we had talked about having Izzy on the show. And I'm such a huge fan of Izzy's, and it really felt like this guy has a ton to talk about on this subject. Like, you know, we all sort of feel, I think, that the new generation of, of kids that are coming up, the millennials, the 20-somethings, have this issue of entitlement. You know, everybody's sort of like, hey, I just got out of school. Where's my $100,000 you know, salary and my, my, my BMW? I feel like that's something that's been lost is that is that need to work hard to earn to move up. You know, we all just or we feel like what's coming up right now is is people feeling that they're just do it because you know, I I did well in school or I did well in my trade school or I did well in my in, in apprenticeship whatever it is. So, I want to talk about the fact that paying your dues is still a real thing that everyone has to do and you and you, you can't get around that. So, suck it up and and get in there and do it. So maybe let's talk a little bit about, you know, what paying your dues meant for each one of us. And since you're the uh, the guest of honor, Izzy, why don't you go ahead and tell us what dues you had to pay to get to where you are today. Well, I want to start by, I'll tell you a real quick interesting story. Um, right when, when I was in high school, one of the jobs, one of the many jobs I had was um, building log homes. And I, I worked for a guy, uh, Nick Morris, in Greenville, Michigan. And, um, you know, at, during weekends or the summer months I spent working for him, you know, I all I did for this guy for basically six months straight was carry logs because, <laughs> I mean, we were building log homes. That's all I did. I mean, you know, I didn't pick up a hammer. I didn't get to run a chainsaw. I didn't get to do any of that. And I think, to me, that was kind of like my, my introduction into the world. And, I mean, I, I grew up with a tradesman family. I grew up with that mentality that, you know, you bust your butt. That's if you want. If you want to get rewarded for you know work, work hard. Period. And um, I think that was a really good analogy for me, or a good lesson for me, especially when I was young, because I coming out from underneath my my parents' you know umbrella, I suppose. My first introduction into the real working world was exactly that. It was. You know, here's this job you're making. I don't. Back then, it was like four fifty an hour or something, and all I did all day was carry logs. You know, carry logs, carry your shingles up ladders, that sort of thing. And you know, I kind of, I think that is was a good introduction for me because it let it kind of taught me that that yes, this is the real world. This is the way it is, and this is what I'm going to have to do. So that carried over into you know, into college for me, it carried over into my, my, my working career for me. And it was something that I kept with me. And I think one of the most important things, and this is what I tell my children all the time, maybe I doesn't, maybe it doesn't make me a model parent, but I always tell my kids, the world doesn't owe you anything when they get mad at me or say, that's not fair. I'm like, the world does not owe you anything. If you want something, earn it. You know, mm. and, um, that does make you a good parent. That's exactly and, right. I'm down with that. Yeah. yeah. I would say that to yeah. my kids. My dad told me. Yeah. You know, and it's uh, it's one of those things that I think that we – you're right, Phil, when you said that that's kind of lost. And it's one of those things that we just have to, uh, I think, as parents, try to instill in our children for the next generation coming up. But, you know, when it comes to – you know, I'm because my world revolves around building, it revolves around furniture. I mean, uh, you know, when I first started out, I, I was like, I think a lot of us, especially the younger generation are, we're going to be this great artists and people are going to know who we are and they're going to pay ridiculous amounts of money for what we do. That That is becoming less and less of a a thing. I mean, it's become so hard to to break through that barrier back, you know, when Sam Muloff was doing his thing back when, you know, I mean, even further back, George Nakashami, further back, the Reverend Ben Davis, was a much smaller world than it, or in a way, it was a much smaller world because there were only so many people with a great skill set doing that. Because it was a lot harder to learn, it was a lot harder to figure things out back then. Or today, there's so much information available, there's so many people improving themselves, just leaps and bounds, and there's so many, and I mean so many, extremely talented builders, creators, makers out there, not just here on YouTube, but everywhere. 
you know, so making carving that individual name for yourself takes time. And I, I, I'm guilty. I mean, I tried that for myself. I, I uh, went from, you know, a construction management career and realized it was a babysitting job and I hated it. You know, I did that for less than 16 months and I went, took a huge pay cut and went to back to kind of building homes there for a short period of time. And then the furniture thing was really what I wanted to get back into. And, um, I started with the mentality that I was going to be the next, you know, in, in the rustic world, you got, you know, George Nakashami and the living legend, Randy Holden himself. I wanted to be the next Randy Holden, you know, and I know a lot of the, a lot of viewers aren't going to know who he is, but just type in Randy Holden Rustic Furniture. It'll it'll all make sense. Um, but I spent eight years starving my family trying to make that happen, you know. And I got to a point where I really I had to realize that there you know there there needs to be a uh, a give. You know, I, I can't just expect the world to come to me. I had to give a little bit. So. Um, and it took, it was a hard, long lesson. It was a long, hard lesson. And um, I think that in the, I'm kind of getting off track here, but in retrospect, it was a valuable lesson for me because I learned that, you know, I wasn't going to be instantly popular. I wasn't worth thousands and thousands of dollars that I thought I was. Um, and I had to, I had to really get in and bust my butt to build a name for myself and that takes years and years and years to build it, you know, to build a name for myself, to get out there in the public where there's a, I have a reputation of designing really cool things. I had a reputation of getting the job done, doing what it takes. You know, I, I built that reputation over a long decades, really. So that's, and that's kind of what has been my success. That's kind of what has brought me to a point where I am today where I can, I don't have to worry too much. I can take it easy, not take it easy, but I can, um, you know, I don't have to worry about where the next meal's coming from and I can charge a little more because I have paid my dues. So that way off, you know, there, but no, that's exactly what we were. That was, you answered the you question. Know. That is it. I mean, yeah, perfect. Exactly what you had to do to pay your dues. And I think, and, I think the misconception is because you build something and let, let me put this in real plain, real short, uh, store English here just because you have a skill set and you can build a particular item does not mean that you should go out and try and charge way above market value prices if you have you know designer you know they call it the designer jeans if you go to Walmart you're not going to pay as much for a pair of jeans if you if you go to like Amber Crombie you know you're going to pay more there it's the designer thing. If you if people know who you are, they trust your work, they know that you've built this reputation, then you become more valuable. And that's in you know, so you have to pay your dues. You have to take give that time, you have to build that reputation. You know, you can't just plop out into the world charging prices that, you know, Sam Muloff would charge thinking that you're gonna make that kind of money because you'll price yourself right out of the market and you'll starve yourself to death. You know, li living in the Bay Area, I, I see that all the time because there's a huge movement out here right now for, for do-it-yourself and for especially the reclaim like we do. Um, you can go to a lot of craft fairs. You can go to flea markets, and you can see a lot of very similar items, and people are getting good good money for them. I mean, you know, a, a rustic dining table set. I mean, it's kind of basic, but people are getting six, seven, eight hundred, a thousand dollars for a real nice set. Well, you can go into San Francisco and basically the same set, maybe a little bit nicer, but because it's in a shop that's well known and everything, they're going to get twenty five hundred bucks for this same set. And a lot of the people I know that are getting into this right now, they they see that they go to those stores and they're like, "Well, I can build that. I'm going to get twenty five hundred." It's like, "Well, no, you're not. You know, you, you really got to get out there. You got to first of all figure out where exactly your market is, where you can sell it, and." go from there and try, like you said, try and make a name for yourself because you cannot just immediately expect. There's there's a lot of these shops, I'll be honest with you, I go into, I know I can build better stuff than they can. I have no doubt in my mind that there's no way I would ever sell it for even a third of what these guys are selling it for because nobody knows who I am. I, I don't do this for a living, you know. I mean, it's, 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 it's a hard lesson to be learned for a lot of people that I can see that are younger artists thinking they're just going to go out there and blow the world away. And it's like, well, I think there's some steps you're missing in between. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But what do I know? 
<laughs> no, you're right. You're absolutely right. You know, and one of the things I always say to newer people, and this is the part that nobody wants to hear, you can't, you know, I mean, you can if you're bidding a, a like a, a time job, you can you can set a day rate for yourself for, you know, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna I don't know I'm gonna roof this house for you. Set yourself a day rate, but if you're building a, a particular item, um, do your research, know the market value, comp- understand the market value, understand your customers, understand the demographic that you're shooting for, and price accordingly. Period. I mean, there's. There's no other way to price a, a, a project that is going to be a value, a value purchase for a, a customer and a value for you as well. Because, quite honestly, there are some projects out there that are just aren't worth doing. You know, mm. um, it, you, what you want to do is find. First of all, niche marketing is for woodworkers, for makers. Niche marketing is really where you want to be at. You want to find a niche that works for you. Period. And then you want to look even deeper within that niche to find that product that is a producible product that is a high-value product for you. For instance, my in, for me, it's sofa tables. I can build a really nice-looking sofa table in a day and get a thousand to twelve hundred dollars for it. Now I earn that that time. I mean, it doesn't. It used to take me four or five days to build a really nice sofa table, but I I, I learned to create processes to make it faster. Um, the quality is still the same, but I, I've le- gotten a lot of experience since then. So, you know, sofa tables was always a great money maker for me because they only took a day or so to build, depending, some were even less, you know, to build, and I could get that high dollar for. So, I mean, that was my big thing. Now, granted, you're not going to sell sofa tables all day long every day, so you have to throw some other things in there. But, you know, that's that's just as an example. Uh, you know, best advice I can give is find that niche market, find that market that you what you're interested in, find that niche, and that's really, it really is, you know, a niche market world. If you find the niche that you fit into, because we all make different stuff, you know, I mean, that's that's is what it is. So find a, a niche that you fit into, and then find those products that produce the best for you, you know, and just price price the market, you know, and if you're a new guy and you're just getting started. Don't try to get, um, you know, don't try to get those Randy Holden prices because you're not going to sell it. It's just going to sit there and look pretty. You know, as a, as a parallel, you know, we um, there was a conversation on Facebook the other day, and they were talking about, you know, somebody asked the question, you know, what do you guys think of Etsy? You know, and I always go back to this because it's the one sort of domain where I feel comfortable speaking, you know, uh, you know, with some level of experience, and uh, someone's, you know. And I keep touting the same thing, just about the same message you're saying is, is, say, well, how do you compete with everybody out there that's, you know, making cutting boards? And how, how do you do that? How do you how do you stand out in that crowd? And I keep saying, don't, don't compete in that sphere. You know, mm-hmm. find a niche, make, you know, get known in that niche, and then that's what you do. Don't compete with anybody else. It's ridiculous to think that someone's going to pay a high value dollar for your cutting board. Why? You know, like that's just a race to the bottom. Instead. <laughs> There's millions of things that you could make. There's literally anything you can make. Like I make this whiskey box, and I know everyone's heard about this before, but it's exactly what you said. It's it's my Izzy Swan sofa table. This is this whiskey box. I've gotten really quick at making it. I get two hundred and whatever, twenty five, two hundred fifty dollars mm-hmm. for these things. I don't remember what I have it for, and it takes me two nights to bang out, including stain and finish. So, mm-hmm. and personalization. So that's the, you know, that flows directly from the same advice you're giving. That's exactly the same advice I would give too. And right. it's all about building a brand, and I, I think that's sort of the the distillation of everything that we're all saying is that no one's going to pay for you know Nikes that don't say Nike on them. You know, mm-hmm. you got to build a brand. People have to recognize what your value is, and it takes time to build that. So, right. But I'd love and to. I, go ahead. You know, it's, you, you touched on something really key there. Let's say the four of us, we're standing on a corner at a market, and we all built the exact identical sofa table. And we're all lined up next to each other. Whose table's going to sell first? <laughs> the person, <clears throat> the person who's got his name out there the most. Absolutely. No, the person with the lowest price at that that point. That's right. There, that's what that's what I was actually, you know, the yeah. person who's got. It, now it depends. There are some people with enough money who will say that's Izzy Swan. His signature's on that piece. I'm going to buy it. And those are the customers you find and you keep. Forever. No, they're the same table. Yeah. Your your signatures right. on all four of them. 
You're right. No, but I'm saying, you know, first <laughs> this of all, is my forgery of your signatures. <laughs> it's going to be a price. I mean, there, there's a price point. You know, people no, are going to be a race to the, the bottom at that point. You know, yep. no, I'll do it for eight dollars. Yeah. Right. So, so to be clear, if there's four generic people standing on the corner, the lowest price will probably win if they're all the same. But I'm telling right. you, if you're standing out in the corner with us, they're going to buy yours. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, either way, it could go either way. I mean, it depends on the buyer. If the buyer is a middle-class family who are living paycheck to paycheck and really want that table, they're going to go for the best price. Mm -hmm. uh, you're right. If if the buyer is, you know, someone who is a bit more affluent and is into the furniture thing, their mind's getting sold first. You know, it, it just depends on the buyer. But anyway, the bottom line is know your market. And Phil, I, I listened to a, a, one of your casts not too long ago where you talked about you know, pricing your, your boxes and you just said, I put them up for this and they sold really fast. So I raised the price a little bit until they quit selling and then you drop the price or whatever. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's perfect. If you don't completely understand the value of what you're doing or the, or the market, what the market will bear, that's in a great investigative way to approach that line of thinking is you price it at what you think you need to have. And if it sells a lot of them, bump it up a little bit, mm -hmm. you know, and if they quit, if they quit moving, okay, um, you bring it back down, you know, and that's a great, that's a great way that to discover your market if you're not a hundred percent sure that, or you don't have the information to start with. So. You know, what's funny is part of paying your dues is exactly what you guys are talking about is learning all of this. You don't just jump out there and know all of these things. Part of paying your dues is learning how to price your work, learning what your niche is, learning where you can sell things and can't or what tools to buy to build something or how to get to a point where you're more efficient at making something. All of that is a part of paying your dues, is getting yep. that knowledge. Absolutely. You know, and I it's like I said, you know, you can't sit in your shop, you know, and, and charge, you know, whatever, thirty bucks an hour, fifty bucks an hour and build stuff all day long, you know, for, you know, fifty two weeks a year. And not go out and sell it because you're going to end up with um, a shop that has no room in it because your store is tough. <laughs> so you know it's all it's part of being successful. You know, um, even whether you're a, whether you're a full timer um, or whether you're a, a, you know a guy in the it, who's doing stuff in the evening, you have to know your market or have to learn about that a little bit. Otherwise, you you know you're just I'd like to hear a little more about paying your dues from Tim and Phil, but I'll, I'll give my experience as far as it relates to what we're doing, which as far as the, the podcast and the whole YouTube thing. And I've been hearing from a lot of people that I'm not, I'm not pushing my videos. I'm not trying to brand myself so much. And my answer to that has been essentially is I feel like I'm paying my dues right now. I'm, I'm soaking up a lot of experience from guys like you, Izzy, that are out there doing it and, and are actually sharing enough with us to where we can learn a lot of nuances about you know making videos and the whole YouTube game, um, especially learning about some of the tricks that you have for just making, period. But that's how I feel I'm doing it. I just started this. It's been less than a year, and um, I'm paying my dues right now. I, I, I'm in no hurry to, to try and become the next you know Izzy Swan or Matthias Wandel or Jimmy DeResta or any of these guys that have, you know, all of you guys that have been doing this for long enough and and have learned all these things, I'm just relaxing. I'm having a really good time. I'm trying to take note uh, and just gain that experience. So for me, that's how I'm paying my dues. I paid my dues as far as how to use tools. You know, There's not many tools I haven't played with or at least seen and been around. Um, but now it's time for me to pay my dues, learning how to do what I'm really enjoying now, is sharing in this whole maker community and doing the YouTube thing. Mm -hmm. And Tim, I, I think... I kind of got to watch you already do that because you spent a long time where it seemed like you were kind of doing the same thing. You were doing it for yourself for two, three years, and um, I'm just noticing you now where it seems like you've you've come to a point where you paid your dues. You know, you've got some stuff figured out. You've you've made a really solid foundation for yourself, and um, you're now reaching out and starting to to kind of blossom a little bit, if you'll excuse the phrase. Is that what's going on for you as far as the the whole YouTube thing? And now we're in a podcast and all that. Well, I'm, I'm still paying my dues, and I will always be paying my dues. That's, as, I mean, I think Izzy sort of said it well where he was describing that. You know, it, it, it's, it's this ongoing process. I'm not done growing. It's not like, oh, oh, here I am. This is it. Now I'm going to do this the rest of my life. I'm just continually growing and changing. And, uh, 
and so when I started making YouTube videos was a, a couple years after I started making stuff for sale and 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 I, I do come at this from a little bit of a different place because I I always identify my, myself as an artist more than a, um, a a builder or a maker or a craftsman or anything so I, I come in with this art, artist mentality and like I don't want to I don't want to find the best way to make a whiskey box and then continue to make whiskey boxes I want to make a whiskey box and I want to make a something else and I want to make something else and if I'm and, uh, and that's one of the reasons why Izzy is one of my heroes because he found a way to go out and design a piece of furniture make it once and then never have to make it again and still make money on it that's like the dream come true because I, I just want to make stuff once and then be done with it um, now as far as the, the YouTube stuff goes uh, what I found is that I I never wanted to make money off these videos that was just an, a thing I was doing for myself and for fun um, I was interested in making money off the things that I make. And I'm still interested. I want to make money off the things that I make, the tangible product. But I, what I kind of realize is that, especially with the podcast now and all this other stuff that – and I have this environmentalist part of me too, right? I'm trying to – I'm actually trying to do something, you know, footprint-wise. Um, but so now if I, spend, if I spend a day saving a tree in my shop and don't record it, I save a tree. But if I spend a day saving a tree in my shop and record it, and 1,500 people watch the video, or, or maybe 15,000 someday, who knows, maybe I'm saving more than one tree. So I'm starting to see how I, this is part of my mission and part of my job and part of my growth. So three years of making videos, I decided, well, you know, paying my dues or not, um, I'm going to start trying to make this more part of my job uh, so I can continue to get my message out there and, and you know, do... To stay on the on the fringe, like I want to be like the Leonard Cohen or the Tom Waits of like the maker community. Like I don't want to be the guy that like is selling out the stadiums. I want to be the guy that the guy that's selling out the stadiums goes, oh, I'd like to thank Tim Sway for everything he's taught me. You know, like I always wanted to be that guy. You know, like that, the, like the musician's musician or the you know the painter's painter that, you know. And so that's that's kind of what I'm trying to build. And that's like the latest video I did. I'm just trying to do these these things to just you know hang out in that fringe and. And continue to pay my dues. <laughs> well, we certainly uh, know that um, you're a little bit older due to the reference of Leonard Cohen and Tom Waits, but <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just I told too much. Oh, no. Phil, what uh, about you, youngster? Well, unlike you suckers, I have paid my dues and I have clearly made it. I've got about <laughs> eighteen hundred YouTube subscribers, so suck it. Just kidding. I. <laughs> very much am paying my dues, and I think I'll be paying my dues for a very, very long time as far as making. I really, really feel like a huge rookie, especially when I talk to, to the three of you and, you know, you know, when I've had the opportunity to speak to any other, you know, big-time makers. It's, it really is very, very humbling to see the kind of things that you guys are able to do, and I one day hope to be able to, you know, apply that level of skill to the projects that I do. But I will talk very briefly about sort of my background, and that is, um, you know, I, I came out of university or, or college for you Americans, um, I think it was in 2001. I was 21 years old, and uh, I don't know, I, I really didn't have this sense of entitlement. My dad sort of was a blue-collar guy. He was a butcher by trade, and, uh, and his whole mentality with anything that I ever wanted from him is, Okay, you want this Nintendo? Great. I need to see 85 on your report card, and you know, then you've earned that Nintendo. So that was sort of always like really pushed and beat into me. Is that not physically, but you know what I mean? You know that you have to earn it if you want it. And and I felt that way too. So when I came out of school, I you know I started doing the job fairs, and I went to the placement agency, and I got a job for twenty-five thousand dollars a year uh, doing customer service at a shower door company, and you know for I, don't know, I didn't last there very long. It was about three months, uh, but I had a buddy who was uh, playing hockey with, and he pulled me over. I wasn't making that much more moving over, but it felt like a lot. I was making 25, then 32, and then you know I just continued to keep developing my career and my skill set, and keep hammering at it day in, day out. You know, you really whatever the trade is, whatever the education is, whatever the job is, I just wanted to learn as much as I possibly could. You know, like oh, you want me to you want me to file that for you? Okay, that's how filing is done. Oh, you want me to enter that data for you, okay, that's how data entry is done. You know, I was just trying to be as much of a sponge as I could with regard to absorbing skill sets so that, you know, later on, and I find that this is the case now, I reference things that I have done 10 years ago that seem mundane and stupid, but to other people who didn't pay those dues 
they have no idea how this stuff works. And I'm like, really? You don't know how to use Excel? You don't know how to use you know, a filing system? You don't know how to organize this? You don't know how to organize that? So when you're at a higher level, you know what the people at the lower level are doing, whereas I have other managers who I work with who are just completely oblivious to how anything below them works. And what it really does is it frustrates everyone because they don't know how long jobs take to do. I'm like, oh, okay, just get so-and-so to do this. It'll take 10 minutes. And I'm like, dude, it took me 10 minutes to walk over to your office. Nothing takes 10 <laughs> minutes. See? So paying your dues, I think, gives you a real appreciation for how long things take, what skills are required to do it, you're intimately aware of it. So, you know, that's my rant on, on paying dues as far as, let's say, the corporate world. Um, but from my making, I'm definitely, definitely still paying them. I'm going to be paying them for a very, very long time to come. Um, and as far as the podcast, I think we're also, you know, really paying our dues here, boys. I mean, like, we, um, I think we started pretty strong with about a, several hundred listeners at the very beginning. And now this is like episode 13, I think, right? And we're pretty steady, you know, getting about a thousand listens an episode, which is really, really impressive. I'm humbled by it, really excited about it. Um, and I think we're, as we, let's say, do these interesting topics that we do week to week, you know, we get really good feedback on. It's, um, it's really motivating to continue to grow and build the rapport that we have. I think I think something special about this podcast is chemistry between the three of us and, and of course, with Izzy. Uh, <laughs> but I, I don't feel like that's the case for a lot of them, and, and I think we're very lucky to have found each other, and, uh, and, and I feel very fortunate to have met all of you so that we can have these conversations week in, week out. I, I learn a lot, and I think a lot of listeners do too. So well, let's continue podcast, to pay those dues. Podcast dues are being paid. One of the things I know we're all conscious and aware of is uh, kind of getting feedback from anybody that might just happen to be listening. And, and if anybody's out there and you keep sending us feedback, because we love that, and that's exactly how we're paying our dues is learning what we're doing good and wrong and right, and it keeps me in a job for another week. So you know. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Anyone else want to say anything about paying dues? Uh, quickly, you know, I, I just sort of thinking about what you were saying, Phil, and I had a bunch of other things I've done. This is like my 17th career or something in this making stuff career. And, and uh, as, you know, most of you know, I was a musician for a while. And, and I had some jobs, as musicians tend to have. And, um, you know, so I, all that stuff, like, you know, I got, when I was in college, I had a job, you know, I was like a dishwasher, basically. And I worked my way up to executive chef in about three years because I busted my butt, you know, in, in trying to learn everything. And then, you know, and the, you know, I have whatever, all these stories. But I think what I like to do is I like paying my dues. I think, I think I like that process of, like, not being comfortable. And I think that's why I stopped playing music and I am doing this now is because I felt like I had sort of reached this glass ceiling in, in the music industry. Like, I had done a couple good things and I had done some not-so-good things. And, and, uh, and I was at this point where I was just making a living doing it. But there was no more, there was no more struggle in uh mm -hmm. And there's this struggle, like, you know, like the, the, the cacti video. I had never used a plasma cutter before, that video. And I learned that, how do you learn to use a plasma cutter? You make 36 cacti, that's how you learn. You know what I mean? It's like things like that. It's like you're paying your dues. And, and I put myself in those positions. I, I bid on jobs that I don't have the equipment for and I don't have the knowledge for. I just bid on a job today to make uh, basically bowls. And, uh, and I never made a bowl before, but I have a lathe. So <laughs> I'm going to figure it out, you know. All right. And, um, so, you know, stuff like that. Um, and that's like, I think it keeps you young. Well, I, I can tell you right now, if you want to pay your dues, get your table saw out and start making some bowls. I'm doing it the old-fashioned way. Ah, oh, oh. <laughs> Really quick before uh, we move on from the paying the dues part, um, as far as one thing I'm noticing, and I, I don't have any room to talk because I'm so new at the whole YouTube thing, but do you guys see that there are some people out there that are just starting into YouTube and, and they've got eight subscribers and they've got three videos and they're, they've got ads on their videos and they're just super pumped about all this money and stuff they're going to make? Um, I'm just guessing, but I, I think there's some dues to be paid before you can actually get to the point of somebody like Izzy Swan or Jimmy DeResta or... Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm glad you brought it up, but it goes without saying. It's like slow your roll, kid. I mean, I just heard of you yesterday. You're yeah, not just rolling yeah. in the thousands, you know. And and there's also you know there's the other thing that comes with paying your dues and comes with time and practice is 
learning who you're going to be. Like if you, I mean, I've been making videos for a while. I think Bill has watched all of them. I think you're the only person that's watched all of them. <laughs> I watched I don't even a lot. I don't even think I've watched all of them, but I mean, <laughs> if you go back to like my, you know, some of my first videos, and they were very typical of new video makers' videos. They didn't really have that focus yet, you know. They like they were they're doing what their project was, but there wasn't like this focus of what my video is going to be. What is your voice, and what is the reason you're doing this, and what are you trying to, you know, say and accomplish? And it's it it takes time. I mean. It's, there's no other way to do it. It's just like anything else. Practice, paying your dues. You know. You know what they say? They say that luck is when preparation meets opportunity. Yeah. And that's exactly what spending the time and and paying your dues is. It's it's getting that. I'm making air quotes. Nobody can see this, but I'm making air quotes. It's when you get lucky. When people get lucky, it's because they've worked their asses off first. They got the right opportunity, and boom. Well, that's, that's how my. That works. That's like my whole thing about there's no such thing as talent, only hard work. I want to, yeah, I just want to say that you got, you know, having this conversation with you guys has like been really giving me hope. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I, uh, it's hard, it's hard, especially here on YouTube. We see so much information. I mean, really, it's it's crazy how much information we see on a day-to-day -day basis just watching YouTube videos and that sort of thing. And it's really hard to separate the BS from the, from, the real, from the real information. And I think when you're, you know, you really got to look to uh, those who have the experience, who have the background, who paid their dues, mm -hmm. you, know, you know, and even then, go out and find out for yourself, you know. I say take what you hear to heart, but also experience it for yourself. Go out and figure it out. But you know. So, you know, at the same time, that's with YouTube. That's what some people are doing: is they're out there, they are paying their dues by you know, some of the BS, you know, that we might call it. Because it, some of it is just BS, and some of it is people learning how to not be full of BS. And that's the way they're doing it now. This is it's a new thing. Back ten years ago, YouTube didn't exist, and so people like learn this stuff without a camera. But now everybody right. learns things with a camera, you know. And yeah, I mean, really. I'm guilty of it yeah. too, you know. Mm -hmm. No, you're you're absolutely you're absolutely right. You know, and I think, you know, I look back at I look back at myself, and I look back ten years ago, and I think, you know, ten years ago, here's this 32 year old kid who's extremely confident in himself. I mean, to a fault, easily to a fault. And I look at some of the decisions and some of the things I said at that age with the experience that I had, and look now and just shake my head. <laughs> you know, I'm here I, a decade into the trades. You know, I I mean I I did I. I put a lot of time and effort in. It wasn't like I was a newcomer, but some of the things that ideas that I had and some of the things that I said, I just look back and go, "Oh my gosh, what I I can't believe I said that, or I can't believe I did that, or whatever." We learn, as you know, it takes time. You gotta you gotta put the time in. You gotta put the uh, energy in, and above all things, you know, just learn from the mistakes that you make and don't be afraid to make them. Mm. Yeah, I, th I think a lot of that is that we learn a lot of the physical skills uh, when we're younger. We learn how to use tools or we learn how to do the, the corporate type stuff. A lot of that is physical and I think as we get a little older, what we start learning more is, is how to behave and utilize those skills and how to deal with other people and how to, I mean, there's, it's kind of weird, but paying your dues doesn't, doesn't ever stop, like you said, you know. Right. You got something going on that you kind of not mastered it, but you know it's like, hey, I'm proficient at doing this. Well, guess what? Now you have no experience on how to use that proficiency going on to the next step. So you got to pay your dues and learn that aspect of it. So, I mean, what you're talking about is the exactly difference between knowledge and wisdom. You know, you yes. can yeah. you can have the information, you can be brilliant, but if you're not wise, you don't know how to use that. That's you know I've been I've been trying to explain that concept to to Vance uh, recently um, about <laughs> because he's five and he asks this type of stuff you know uh, you know the difference between intelligence and wisdom and stuff but can, I just wanted to read this quick Mark Twain quote in case you never heard it uh, this is Mark Twain in quotes when I was a boy of fourteen my father was so ignorant I could hardly stand to have the old man around but when I got to be twenty one I was astonished at how much the old man had learned in seven years. <laughs> and that's that's how I think about myself. I look back at myself like like Izzy was saying like ten years ago. I'm like, man, I was an idiot ten years ago. <laughs> I can't believe how much I've learned. And then I, and I fully realize that now in the in my forties that ten years from now I'm going to be saying the same thing about what I'm saying. Yeah, right of now. course, yeah, you know, yeah. we're evolving beings. 
Speaking of paying your dues, uh, Phil, I'll send you that $50 for letting me on the show after. <laughs> <laughs> Make it out to cash. Oh, you weren't supposed to tell Bill about that. <laughs> oh. oh, sorry about that. Wait a minute. They told me I had to pay the 50 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I should probably bump that up to 100 <laughs> oh, I love the running gag. Okay. Um. What are wait, we wait, 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 one more thing. Okay, you just sorry. got done picking on me, Phil. I can say this. This conversation about the, the pain you're doing and as we get older, what I got out of that is you're kind of going to be an idiot for at least another 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> now, you start, now you're sounding like my wife. <laughs> Except she didn't put a time limit on it. So. Right. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. What were you saying? I was saying, what are we watching? And I'll go first, and I'll say I haven't been watching anything because China won't let me. <laughs> Tim, what are you watching? Well, I wanted to mention um, uh, Rag and Bone Brown. Uh, he's a, a, a gentleman, I think his name is Keith, and he's in England, and he's like sort of like this like alternate universe me over there. I guess he's this upcyclist guy. He's got a similar size like subscription rate and stuff. And... and um, he he's uh, really cool. He's he has like a whole workshop that he built, you know, out of reclaimed materials, and he's got you know these little cubbies and stuff. And his most recent videos have been this like storage shed he's been building, but it's all just you know reclaimed materials and upcycled and uh, and uh, really nice guy and, and nice stuff. Awesome, awesome. Mm. I um, I will put it in the show notes, and I know that I have to catch up on a couple of episodes with regards to the show notes. So you know, once I'm doing that update, I'll do the same thing for the past episodes as well. Okay. Um, Bill, your guy I've, I've watched, so I, uh, I know he's really cool, but why don't you go ahead and tell everybody about it? Well, um, he's another one of our, our group members, so to speak, another another smaller guy making his way. But what I love about Matt Haas with Awesome Wood Things is that he's um, taken on the role of doing like a you know a weekly top video type thing, but he's really pushing for a lot of the smaller guys. He's getting guys on there that are just starting out and doing what we're all trying to do is just um, – you know, give a shout out, be a part of the community, and and I really like that. And also, he he gave me a big shout out on on the last one, and that oh. other guy, Izzy Swan, <laughs> Izzy Swan got a shout out too. But that's a perfect example. I did uh, once. You know, that the stuck up celebrity star, and then the humble me. See, <laughs> that's how it works. But anyway, Matt Haas, he's he's a great guy. He's got some neat videos, but he's also doing the um, uh, WTV weekly top videos, and he's really. Highlighting and showcasing, you know, everybody. I mean, he's 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 really just sharing in the community. We love Matt. He's a great guy, and yeah. um, you guys should watch the show and subscribe. He um, I saw the first few, and he was polished like right out the gate, which is really cool to see. It means yeah, he put kinda... a, he paid his dues clearly before he even pressed the publish button, you know, on 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 the YouTube video. So um, so good for him on that. Yeah, he, he does come across like he, he's he's got to dial in and, and some experience on that whole uh, video thing. So yeah, um, I just watched the first one today. I'm ashamed to say, and it was um, because of the shout out. And it, when when you were talking about that stuck up celebrity thing, Tim, I'm pretty sure he meant you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, probably. I know. I'm 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 just you know the bee's knees, man. You know, yeah, you make who says the bee's knees. You make one cacti, you're humble. You make 36 cacti, and you're all that. Yeah, yeah. you're the cat's meow. <laughs> the cacti's meow. <laughs> it is. I gotta admit, though, it is kind of now they're all boxed up and they're getting picked up tomorrow, and uh, and it's sad. Like without all these cacti staring at you everywhere you go, it's sort I cut of the cords. Cut cut the cords, way. You know. Right, yeah. Figure You'll walk out there the day after and take a deep breath and be ready to move on. Yeah. <laughs> what, are you, what are you watching, Izzy? Uh, well, they're not the little guys. Actually, they're, they're new to me still. Uh, I just watched two I want to mention. First of all, uh, I'm watching this guy, Primitive Technologies, and he's got like only eight videos out. But I can't imagine how long these videos take him to make. Uh, he goes out in the woods wearing a pair of shorts. This all this cat. This all this cat. This cat's wearing a pair of shorts. Walks out in the woods, builds his own tools. He's building huts and homes and doing all these really cool primitive technology things. And it's just it's insane to sit there and watch him do it. Yeah, he's turning an axe. You know, he's making his own axe out of a rock. 
and he's cutting down, he's cutting down, you know, it looks like sweet gum. I don't know what that would be over there, but here it looks like, it would look like sweet gum, you know, and he's cutting it down, he's building these buildings out of it, and he's making clay pots, and I mean, barehanded. There's no tools. Yeah, he took the clay, he made a fireplace to make the clay shingles for the roof. Yeah. I mean, the guy's insane. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. So I'm getting a real kick. He's actually inspired an upcoming build of mine. So that'll be down down the pipe here pretty well. I wouldn't say pretty quick, but within a few weeks. So I'm I'm actually pretty excited about that project. That's going to be a fun one. Um, and and the other person I want to mention and is is and I don't probably a lot of people know who he is. And he's kind of more of like a make. He's a maker. He's a metal worker and. Um, uh, he does do a lot of up, you know, um, upcycling. He uses old bikes or old parts from different things to build his contraptions. And it's, it's, I'm, I'm going to say the last name wrong, but it's Colin F R U Z E. Colin Furs. He's a, a Brit, and uh, he does some just, I mean, crazy rocket bikes. Uh, he just did a motorized um, slider. I don't know what you call them. Little tri, little tri, they look like giant uh, Hot Wheels bikes. You know, little three wheelers that you can slide around. Oh, a drift bike, a drift trike. Drift bikes. Thank you. Yeah, he just built a motorized version of those, and I mean, he's just oh, it, it, nuts out of stuff. I mean, stuff that you look. He's like, he's like Izzy Swan crazy times fifty. I mean, this guy's nuts. <laughs> that's a lot of crazy. Yeah, it is. I think that's why I like him so much. I have a little man crush on him. <laughs> so, out of curiosity, Izzy, your upcoming build inspired by uh, pr primitive technologies. Will you be wearing the typical cutoff sleeves and shorts, or just the shorts? You know, Trust me, you guys do not want to see me in just a pair of shorts. I, <laughs> Speak for yourself. Go from go go for that's like going from a hundred to zero in a heartbeat. <laughs> I can I can see the Google Watch Time analytics on that right now. It's like all like half a second. <laughs> Oh boy. Okay, Mr. Humble, tell us about um, tell us about your contest. Oh yeah, that's we're at. That's actually really good uh, timing because we're at the halfway mark right now. Uh, in on New Year's Eve, I posed a challenge with the cooperation of uh, of two of the rustic furniture companies that I love and work with, um, uh, Green Gables and uh, Woodland Creek Rustic Furniture. Uh, we are putting on a challenge where. Anyone, and I mean anyone, and you'll if you get a chance, go to my website, watch a little video I did on it, and I'm really vague. I'm really vague in the video about the challenge, and there's a reason for that. We want you guys to use your imagination. Now, here's how it plays out. You got a month left. Get out to your shops, build something, build a piece of furniture, build a sofa table, build a side table, build an occasional table, build whatever. Just build something. And um, do you take a two-minute video of it, send it to me, and we're going to pick. Um, I'm going to pick my top 25 favorites, send those on to the uh, big guys, and we're all going to sit down and go through and discuss them and pick a winner. The winner will get a contract with uh, Green Gables Furniture to have that. I'm going to, well, let me back up here. I'm going to work with the winner to develop their design into a producible line of furniture. Green Gables is going to produce it and sell it. Uh, Green Gables has 288 stores that they sell to. It's so uh, this is pretty significant, and like I said before, this the 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 winner will get a royalty for their design and their foot in the door to the rustic into the into the design world. We'll get to see someone what happens on the back end, see how it all plays out, um, learn a little bit about um, designing for production, and um, get your foot in the door into a uh, you know a potential career. And uh, the person who wins obviously will be paid a royalty for their designs on everything that sells, which is um, 2.5, um, which is an entry level. When you talk about paying your dues, that's where I started. I make a little more than that now, but it's a 2.5 um, royalty, which on a halfway decent design will work out to more than some people make in a year. That's amazing. It's phenomenal that you're doing that. What's the um, What's the website? Uh, the two websites, my website or yeah. their website? Yours. Yours. Uh, thinkwoodworks.net. Because everything's there. Everything you need to know about this contest is on thinkwoodworks.net. That's Izzy's yep. website. And if yep. you just happen to be want to go to an awesome website and download some great plans and whatnot, thinkwoodworks.net <laughs> would be another place to see some amazing things. Whoa, Tim, whoa, thank whoa, you for whoa, the plug. Whoa. I need to get better at plugging myself. 
<laughs> Izzy, you you have a website? <laughs> Actually, you know, I, I I'm very fortunate to have uh, met up with Jeff Ferguson, my web guy, my web designer. I, I don't do much over there. I mean, I send him pictures and articles, and he basically handles everything, and he does a wonderful, amazing job. So, yeah, so go check. Lucky. Yeah, I am lucky. <laughs> oh my. I, I still do my own because I'm that DIY type of guy. I remember doing one once because I guess HTML, I'm doing all HTML. I can't do anything beyond that. And one, one time I actually drew my website on paper and photographed it and I had this whole website. It was all just pictures I drew. And, you click, and I made them so you could click on them. It was pretty cool, but it was, God. That is cool. So, so the, if, uh, I can, if I can break this contest down real quick in layman's terms, uh, as long as it's anything you, you build starting from uh, January 1st to the end of February, so it has to be within that time frame, mm -hmm. it's a woodworking project, Yep. and it, the video needs to be no more than two minutes sent to you, and the, all yeah. that information will be on the, on the website? Yeah, that's all explained on the little 10-minute ditty I did over there. Awesome. Um, yeah, it's, it's important that the video stay below two minutes. Um, I'm starting to feel the effects of the videos of the entries coming in. So um, these, you know, and when we start going through them, we're going to have 25 guys or 25 videos to go through with two very busy, very important dudes in the industry. So it's got to be, we got to keep it down to a, to a bare minimum. On, I, on, a, on a completely unrelated topic, you got the flowers and chocolates I sent you, right, Izzy? No. <laughs> I was wondering really who never bribed anyone before. I was wondering who sent my wife flowers and chocolate. <laughs> so, your, you know, your, wife, I, your I, wife was wondering who ate the chocolates. No, I, I've said this before a little bit. You know, between the three of us, between Bob, Rob, and I, we have close to eighty years in the business. So, you know, we'll we'll make a decision based on what's going to work. You know, it, there's mm -hmm. no. You know, um, I'm I'm an old I'm an old cat, old horse trader. I don't do favorites. I just you know we'll do what works, and it'll all. Even though I've had a few people try to butter me up, which has been really kind of fun, but <laughs> so, but it's not uh, going to go too far. No, I mean yeah, you can say all the nice stuff you want. I'll listen. So. <laughs> well, you know whether whether you're running a contest or not, I have nothing but nice things to say about you, Izzy, and thank you for doing this podcast with us. No, hey, th guys, again, thank you so much for having me. You know, I, I will say on air for public record, this is my favorite podcast. Oh, and um, I, I, yeah, I've been, you know, I, I'm not, again, I'm not a podcast guy, and you guys, people have heard me say this before. I, it's not really my thing, um, but I do listen to a few of them, you know, some notable ones as well. And, you know, I just love the conversation. I love the flow. I love the dynamic here. The dynamic that you guys have developed between the three of you is beautiful. It, it, it's um, it's perfect, and I it is my easily my favorite podcast of all. Well, let, let me say, as long as I've got a job here, which is determined week by week, uh, you are welcome back anytime. I'm just, oh. I'm just, I'm doing the mic drop. That's all. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he caught it, you faker. <laughs> It's, it's a nice microphone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's um, let's wrap things up. So thanks, Izzy. Um, do you have any social media platforms that you want to or let anyone know about? You know, I, I I'm on Facebook. You know, and you can there's a link in every video I do if you want to check me out on Facebook. It's uh, Facebook. Uh, it's Izzy Swan Woodworks. Um, I. Um, you know, the, I'm on Instagram. Uh, the one thing I've been doing a lot that I really, really like, and I know, I don't, this is, I think it's a fad. I don't think it's going to last long, but that's Periscope. I mean, I love yeah. that. We can mm -hmm. jump on there, and it's like you can show people what you're doing and have a little bit of a conversation with a few folks and move on. So I'll be doing two, three, four of those a week. So. Oh, good oh, for I you. I did not know that. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah. then what's your, what's your Twitter? It's also Izzy Swan Woodworks? I don't. Is it a Twitter account thing? I don't know if it's that, yeah. is that connected it's to Twitter. Twitter. See, this, this is how ignorant I am when it comes to that stuff. Uh, it, yeah, it should be Think Woodworks or Easy Swan, one of the two. I, I honestly I'm, don't know. Instagram, it is Think Woodworks, by the way, Phil. Okay. Um, yeah, and then Twitter, I don't know what. It's probably Think Woodworks or Easy Swan. And if that's how you do Periscope, that's what it is. So. Yeah. All right, great. Well, uh, for the rest of us, I'm Phil Pinsky, I think, across all of the platforms, and I, I was doing some Periscope stuff before I left, and I plan on getting back into it. 
Um, Tim Sway one William underscore Lutz. Uh, the Twitter handle for the show, and I'm, I was just going to say, you know, if anybody has any show topics or feedback or anything like that, hit us up on Twitter at Reclaimed Audio, uh, or you can always send us an email, info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com. And the last big point I think that we have is that uh, we'd love for you guys to leave a review on iTunes. It really, really helps in getting, uh, you know, growing the show and getting more people to, to hear it and listen to it. And the last thing, of course, is our uh, Patreon support page. You know, we'd really appreciate any support you could throw our way. It, uh, it always helps in keeping us on the air. Patreon.com slash Reclaimed Audio. So once again, thank you so much, Izzy, for being on the show. We really, really appreciate it. Thanks thank again, you, guys. Izzy. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much for letting me on here. You got it. Okay. Have a good one, guys. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Be good. <laughs>